There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone, and welcome to DevRaga Personal Finance, episode 41. In this episode, we'll discuss a particular investment strategy called factor investing. It seems to be all the rage these days. But before we delve into the main topic, let's reiterate some of the mottos of this channel. The basic premise of this channel is to get you financially educated so that you can apply basic financial concepts and principles in your own personal finance. We talk about saving, debt reduction strategies, budgeting strategies, and investing strategies. But the whole plan is revolving around the pay yourself first concept. I feel that if you take 20% of your after-tax money and put it away and invest it for the long term and repeat the investments and automate them every month or every year or whatever time frame cycle that you want and reinvest the dividends, you're likely to retire wealthy, probably having more wealth than what you imagined you will ever have. The focus of this channel is long-term investing, not short-term. And by long-term, I'm meaning at least 20, 30 or 40 years and reinvesting the dividends that those investments yield. Therefore, you can take advantage and the power of long-term compounding. So, to the main topic, what is factor investing? This concept has gained popularity slowly and is all the rage these days, but more popular in recent times. So what exactly is it? In investing, we've talked about various types of specific investing strategies, active investing, passive investing, index funds versus ETFs, stock picking versus mutual funds. But there are specific factors to consider when investing. So this is called factor investing. It's an investment approach that involves targeting specific drivers of returns across asset classes. In the past, people only considered one factor, that is risk or volatility, but there are more factors to consider when investing. In another example, the biggest factor people take into account when investing passively, for example, that is me, index investing, is following the broad stock market index, which follows market capitalization, which is one of the factors to consider. But there are other factors to consider, such as macroeconomic factors and style factors. We'll go into that in a little bit more in depth later in the podcast episode. The other name for factor investing, which you may have come across, is called smart beta. You might have come across this in recent times um, if you look at Money Week videos they talk about it as well on YouTube. If you can understand macroeconomic and style factors and better capture them, it may mean that you can achieve better market returns when compared to the broad market or general index returns. So the whole point of factor investing is not to match the market returns because you're going to do that with index investing anyway. The whole point of factor investing is to capture specific factors in the market and invest in those factors or those funds that exhibit those factors such that your returns exceed the market returns. That's the whole point. 
So, what are some of the factors to consider when investing? There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of factors which can impact investing returns. So, macroeconomic factors which captures the broad risks across asset classes, stocks being high risk, bonds being lower risk, for example, or style factors aims to explain the risk and return within specific asset classes. So, some examples of macroeconomic factors include credit, inflation, and liquidity. And some examples of style factors include value and momentum. So, as an investor, if you could tilt your investments towards specific factors to drive market returns, then theoretically, you will achieve a higher than market return. This is very different to active investing and stock picking. So, don't confuse factor investing with active investing. It's totally different. For example, you may passively invest in an index fund which has a specific factor to it. So don't confuse factor investing to always being active investing. There are active elements to it, but it can be a passive investing strategy. So just to reiterate what it is, it's basically as an investor, if you could tilt your investments towards certain factors to drive market returns, then theoretically you will achieve a higher than market returns. Therefore, you're not matching the market returns. You're actually trying to beat the market in the long run. So what's the history behind factory investing? Prior to research showing evidence of factors affecting the return of securities and capital asset pricing model was the main theory in operation. It was theorized by Bill Sharp, and basically it took into account just one factor, volatility and risk. So what is the capital asset pricing model? Well, it explains the relationship between systemic risk and expected return of assets, particularly with relation to stocks. This is a complex formula for this, and if you're interested, it's discussed in Investopedia and other investment forums for those geeks out there. But basically, the aim of the formula is to evaluate whether a stock is fairly valued when its risk and time value of that money is compared to its expected returns. Now, you need to go ahead and read up on the concept of risk, and you need to go ahead and read up on the concept of time value of money. These are important concepts to understand. It's probably a little bit beyond this podcast channel to go into that in detail, but I think it's worthwhile reading about it and learning about it if you can. Investors often talk about the beta for an investment. So what is a beta? A stock's beta is a measure of how much risk the investment will add to a portfolio that looks like the market. So if a stock is riskier than the market the beta is greater than 1. If it's less riskier than the market, then the beta is, great, uh, is less than 1, beg your pardon. So a beta less than 1 will reduce the risk of the overall portfolio as the stock which is added to the portfolio has a risk less than the market. So let me summarize. Supposing you have a portfolio and you want to reduce the risk of that portfolio, the way to do that is to buy a stock with a beta of less than 1 and you add that stock to the portfolio so that the overall portfolio risk is reduced. So the advantage of the capital asset pricing model is that it enables investors to price in risk when building their portfolio. Does this sound familiar? Well, yes, of course. We've kind of already discussed this in another way, way back when I started podcasting, probably last year, I think it was. In other words, if the CAPM, that is the Capital Asset Pricing Model, enables the investors to optimize their portfolio return relative to risk, it'll be plotted on the efficient frontier curve. You've heard me talk about this in previous podcasts. Now, what is the efficient frontier curve or what is the crux of the efficient market frontier? 
the curve is actually shaped like a mirror image C. And at this point, it's probably worthwhile Googling this and having a look at the curve as you listen to me talk about this. If you're driving, of course, don't do that. So there is an ideal point on that mirror image C curve where the relative risk is lowest for the highest gain. And anything right of the curve beyond a certain point means you're unnecessarily taking on more risk than what is needed for limited gains. Now, we're digressing a little bit, but since the capital asset pricing model was established, evidence has emerged, there are plenty of other factors that impact stock returns in addition to just risk or volatility. In 1981, Roth Banks established a size premium of stocks. That is, he said that smaller company stocks outperform larger companies over long periods. In 92, Eugene Femmer and Kenneth French published a paper which demonstrated a value premium, that is, returns of value stocks, is higher in the long term than for growth stocks. Now, guess who's the world's best value investor? Warren Buffett, of course. He talks about this all the time. He is the father of value investing. In 1993, Sheridan Titman and Narasimhan Dagadish was a premium return for people to invest in high momentum stocks. So let's look at the foundations of factor investing, that is the basic factors which should be considered when investing. Value. Value aims to capture excess returns from stocks that have low prices relative to their fundamental value. This is commonly tracked by price to book, price to earnings, dividends and free cash flow. In other words, when you're stock picking, if you pick a stock that you think is going to grow over time and the current price of that stock is quite low, then that's called value investing. Size is a second factor. Historically, portfolios consisting of small cap stocks exhibit greater returns than portfolios with just large cap stocks. Investors can capture size by looking at the market capitalization of a stock. So, if you have a look at index investing, for example, and you want to invest in the ASX 200, which is the biggest index in Australia, then essentially your factor investing is market capitalization because that index is based on the biggest companies or the 200 companies in the Australian stock market. The third factor that you want to consider is momentum. Stocks that have outperformed in the past tend to exhibit strong returns going forward. A momentum strategy is grounded in relative returns from three months to a one-year time frame. So you're looking at more sort of short-term investing there. And as you know, I'm against short-term investing. I do not invest for three months or one year. The minimum time frame that I'm investing for is 20, 30, or 40 years. The fourth factor that you might want to consider is quality. Quality is defined by low debt, stable earnings, consistent asset growth, and strong corporate governance. Investors can identify quality stocks by using common financial metrics like return to equity, debt to equity, and earnings variability. And the fifth method of factor investing is volatility. Now, we know this already. Empirical research suggests that stocks with low volatility earn greater risk-adjusted returns than highly volatile assets. Measuring standard deviation from one to three-year time frame is a common method of capturing beta, which is the risk. 
Now, these are just some of the factors, are probably the main factors to consider when investing. In fact, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of factors to choose from. For example, focusing on dividend yield as a factor is an investing strategy. Or focusing on quality, which is essentially the balance sheet of a company, and others a factor to consider. Cost is also a factor to consider. And if you're really interested, you can sift through them individually to identify what factors affect the returns of the stocks. Be prepared to have a lot of time to do that. So how is factor investing different to simple index fund passive investing strategy? Well, it's different because in index investing, you simply invest in the whole stock market. The main factor is market capitalization, and your investment is automatically divvied up based on the stocks listed in the exchange. The other main difference is factor investing seems to be with less, uh, sorry, seems to be more with ETFs more often as opposed to index investing, which is more mutual funds and index funds. The other main difference is with factor investing, the aim is not to match the market, but to exceed the returns of the market. If you were to only match the market, it defeats the purpose. So let's revisit. How is factor investing different to simple index fund passive investing strategies? It's different because in index fund, you're basically investing in the whole stock market. The other difference is in index funds, mostly it's about mutual funds as opposed to ETFs. And lastly, in index fund investing, you're trying to match the market returns. I'm talking about the ASX 200 index, for example, as opposed to factor investing, you're trying to beat the market. So when you do factor investing and there are you know, mutual funds or you know, specific investment firms that offer this type of investing strategy, you can expect the fees to be slightly higher, although there are many companies out there that offer competitive fee structures. So have a look at the fee structures and make sure that you understand the fee structures before delving into this factor investing mantra. Factor investing expects the investor to play the long game as well. So that's good and not worry about the short term. So you're looking at about 10 years or longer when it comes to investing. If you think you're going to need money in less than 10 years, then factor investing is probably not the right thing for you. So in summary, what is factor investing? The concept is simple. That is that the risk alone should not be the only factor in your investing armor. When I say risk, I'm talking about volatility. You need to consider other factors which affect market returns. Beta is the risk of a stock. So if you start off with zero risk and add a stock to your portfolio with the beta of greater than one, it means it'll make your portfolio riskier. So try and identify stocks with a beta less than one, not greater than one. Number three, factor investing is an evolution of capital asset pricing module and is linked to efficient frontier curves. Now, for you geeks out there, go ahead and learn more about the CAPM and the Efficient Frontier. Number four, if you stick to basic factors such as value, size, momentum, quality, volatility, then you're likely to find stocks with favorable factors which enhance your portfolio returns over the long term. Number five, this is not the same as active investing or stock picking, but I can see some resemblance to it. So on a personal level, do I do factor investing? Well, technically, yes, because I index invest, which is a specific factor I look for when investing. But for the large part, I don't factor invest. I don't stock pick. I don't look at specific individual factors of companies or stocks to try and, you know, try and beat the market. 
I am happy with the market returns. I'm happy that over the historical period of the ASX 200, it's consistently returned the best out of all the asset classes, about 9 or 9.5%, or if not more, over the last 50 years. So I'm reasonably happy with that. I don't want to beat that because any factored stock may underperform the broad market. So nothing is guaranteed in investing. There is no free lunch. This is because we can't predict the future. So don't believe anyone who says they can. So is factor investing a free lunch? As I said, no, there is no such thing in investing. There is no such free lunch. Factor investing is not a free lunch. Neither is factor investing a quick fix. It comes with its own set of risks and it's a meaningful incremental improvement over previous investment theories that increases the odds of a successful investment experience. Now, until next time, what's the motto of this financial podcast channel? Pay yourself first, aim for that 20% of your after-tax income, invest it, reinvest the dividends, and repeat the steps. Now, thank you for all the people that have commented and have questions on the Facebook page and on private messaging and also on this app. Don't hesitate to contact me if you have any questions. I will do my best to get back to you as soon as possible. Um, And if I don't get back to you immediately, it's probably because I'm trying to get some sleep with my uh, uh, intense work schedule. It's just been absolutely crazy with my work at the moment. And just a reminder, I'm not a financial advisor and my podcasts are aimed to educate the principles of personal finance and I really hope you find them useful. So this is Devraga Personal Finance, episode number 41, talking about factor investing. Until next time, stay safe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 